0: We tend to think of things such as promises as having been something that has lost its meaning over time. People talk about being as good as one's word or conducting business on a handshake. And while I still believe promises should be kept and the deals made on a handshake are as valid as with any contract, in many areas a contract is still part of the deal. The handshake is what makes the agreement and the contract is what perpetuates the covenant beyond the moment managing the complexities of the arrangements and making it available for others to see. We make arrangements to bring harmony, balance, and resolve to many different kinds of situations. They are meant, for however long they last, to bring definition, peace of mind, a degree of predictability to relations between the parties involved. And we know that it doesn't always work out like that. It seems that even the promises that were made in the times of antiquity were sometimes used not for their stated purpose but to manipulate others for personal, professional, or institutional gain. Take Jacob, for example, in this morning's reading of Genesis. Here he is working for his uncle for no fee. The sly uncle worrying that Jacob will leave and having reason to have an idea of why he's hanging around in the first place, suggests to Jacob that he should be paid and asks him what he would like Without hesitation, Jacob says he would like to work for the right to marry Jacob's daughter, Rachel. And so an agreement is struck that after seven years of work, Rachel would be his. When Jacob is presented with his bride in the middle of the night after the seven years have been completed, he awakens in the morning only to find that he has been sleeping with Leah, Rachel's older sister. When Jacob confronts Laban, His uncle says, hey, you should have known that this is not the way we do things in this country. We never give away the younger daughter first. In other words, it's your own fault for making such a bad deal. Jacob, upset, was not to be dissuaded. So another deal is struck for Rachel for another seven years of Jacob's work. The Laban code and the moral of the story seem to be that if you're stupid enough to make a deal that violates the law, don't expect your deal to happen, whether you satisfy its terms or not. Sure, we can take the romantic view, and, and it is important realizing that Jacob was willing to do so much for the love of Rachel, and truly that is romantic. And there is the other theme in this story, about how women were treated as chattel during those times, how marriages were nothing more than agreements between everyone except the women, or how children were seen as sources for income, political alliances, or other such needs of the elders, usually the elders being the fathers. And lastly, it's a story about how acceptable having multiple wives was during that time, It was a practice that was accepted without question. So it seems to me that those who suggest the biblical unions and families from that time period are models for our own times are not as up-to-date in the studies as perhaps they should be. Anyway, for a few moments I want to think about Jacob and the time he waited and worked for what he believed his agreement to be. Seven years is a long time. I mean, there must have been moments when he was working in the field through the heat, the cold, the pestilence, the long hours, and everything else. There must have been moments that the vision of Rachel being his, sorry, that's the way they saw it, as his, that that vision is what kept him going. And this passage speaks volumes to such love, not just to endure seven years, but seven years more. How many people today would work 14 years at hard labor for anyone? And in Romans today, Paul reminds us that even in the waiting, even when we feel we cannot continue to pray when things are oppressive and just seem overwhelming, that God is praying for us. Or as Paul says it, God is making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. Paul adds that through it all, God knows what God is doing and that the covenant God has made with us, especially through God's son, Jesus, that covenant would be kept, unlike the promises of Laban or many others. No one can make a promise or keep it like God. No one. Over the last few weeks, we have been talking about quite a bit about what gets us through Living into what Eckhart Tolle calls the power of now, living in the moment. But it's not just living in the moment in terms of stopping, it's living in the moment in a way that we know where we are, most importantly for us, in the presence of God. That reminder that we are in the presence of God in our struggles and joys broadens quickly to what it is we know of God in our lives. For accepting this truth embraces all that we believe and believe in. That's what makes the moment so rich, you know. Filled with the promise, the belief that the covenant of God is with us and we with God, in the many ways we know God, and especially for many of us in the life, the teachings, in the being, the presence of the risen Jesus. In other words, the moment is what it always has been, God's Spirit, right alongside us and well beyond us, so that no matter where we go in this world or the next, this universe or what follows, God's Spirit and presence and Jesus will continue to be right alongside us no matter where we are or what situation we might be in. This is also true for all those who have already gone before us, no matter how they move from this plane of human form to the next with God. So even with the chicanery of Laban, Jacob never left his love of Rachel. Even with the conditions of this world, God's love never leaves us, nor do we ever leave God's love, ever. It is our daily practice of remembering these things that is more important than all things, for all things that flow from such a being in God's presence easily mean more and help us to accomplish more than anything we might think of as being solely from the use of our own will. On this day, July twenty-fourth, two 2011, when in New York State, marriage equality has arrived, many people are celebrating the promise they never let go of or stopped working for, that one day, in this state of all states, marriage would be available across gender identity. In effect, in New York, by this change, marriage has transcended even the best of marriage definitions from the sum total of all marriage practices in the Bible. Marriage equality acknowledges that marriage is more than just form. It underscores that neither laws nor oppression can stop the march through time of love, that is, of God, coursing through all God's human creation equally present in the love between same gender-loving couples as in different gender-loving couples. Equality means that the differences separating such love have been removed. The truth is that the imposition of now bygone restrictions, at least in this state, should never have existed in the first place and must continue to be removed wherever they exist. For to do otherwise is to stand in opposition not just to one another but to God and God's great and abundant love. In New York State on this day, the spirit is truly smiling, however it is the spirit smiles. And this move toward restoration of justice is one example of how long things can take. Justice work fraught with its own pain, perils and sacrifices takes time, just as it takes time for the human heart to heal There are always changes in us when we enter into such intimacies of the human spirit, the spirit that calls us toward ending oppression and the mistreatment of others. There are always changes that come about through suffering as well, the suffering that enters each life, sometimes in the most difficult and wrenching of ways. Today, we are reminded of loss and attacks by the tragedy in Oslo, Norway. We think of attacks on our own soil and We join with the world in prayer and sorrow for those who, today, are stunned and confused by what we understand all too well. And we know, in that understanding, we know that even through this difficult day in the lives of others, God will help them and us through, whether in seeking justice, overcoming terrible tragedies, or losses that can bear such heavy weight. We know that just like the joy the couples today are feeling in being welcomed into matrimony after so long denied, that even though the journey may be long and more needs to be done, God's Spirit is always right alongside us, helping us, caring for others, and taking care of all those who have gone before, really. And be sure that when we gather here and in other houses of worship, or wherever prayer may be spoken, lived or breathed, that we see better our own spirit through others as the spirit moves from one to the other, creating the courage, strength and love we need so that together in God's name, we may face whatever comes our way and always be helpful to others. And lastly, we know that God keeps God's promises. Unlike others who make deals that they don't mean, or change the rules after the agreements are made. God is as God has always been, with each one of us, and all of us, in all times and at once, now and forever. Amen.